All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites, and welcome to episode number 280 of This Week in Marvel. Oh, wow. If, yes, <laughs> 280 <laughs> of the official Marvel podcast covering all things Marvel, from comics to games to TV to movies. To, is there anything I'm missing? Uh, Live events. Yeah. That's Exper- everything. Experiences. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole Marvel lifestyle. <laughs> um, if you're hearing two voices you're unfamiliar with, that'd be weird because I'm on every week, but I don't usually <laughs> do this part. My name's Ben Morse. I'm the editorial director of digital media here at Marvel, and I'm joined by... Alex Lopez, uh, assistant social media manager. And is this the first time you've been on the show since you became assistant social media manager? No, I was on last week, but oh. I didn't say my title. You didn't say your title? No. That's a big deal. You we said social media expert last yeah. week. <laughs> and you are, and you are a social media expert. There's no question about that but thank you are assistant social media manager as yep. a new uh promotion yes much congratulations to you two weeks new yeah, yeah well deserved thank you how has your life changed in the uh, last two weeks you know get a lot of linkedin likes oh cool um, <laughs> <laughs> my friends text me and they're like hey congrats yeah it's about it really though the job, everything the else job is the same cha- the job hasn't changed at all uh little little more uh, Adrian, manager yeah, stuff has Andrew <laughs> Cowan become more demanding yes yeah she's <laughs> she's insatiable yeah <laughs> um okay cool well I'm glad to have Alex here this week obviously if you're listening and don't hear Ryan you've probably gathered that he is not here uh for once he's actually on vacation so yeah good for him he's taking a well-deserved he's, break yeah he, he he needs it yeah he needs it big <laughs> time so hopefully he'll be back refreshed and ready to go next week uh quick preview of what we got on the show today um we've got of course Alex and I are going to run down all the comics that came out and all the comics you can get your hands on. Oh, yeah. We're going to get the West Coast scoop from Mark and Christine. Boo. <laughs> Don't boo Christine. Not Christine. No. We all know we, who I was booing. We love, we love, we love Christine. Um, then I also spoke to Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels, friend of the show. Oh. I talked to him. I got here early this morning and I talked to him for nice. about 15 minutes because he's got a world title shot coming up on Friday. Uh, as part of Ring of Honor's 15th Very anniversary cool. show. So I spoke to Chris, talked about wrestling, talked about comics. I feel like it's been a while since he's been here. It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. He used to come like every other week. I was going to say, yeah, there's so. a nice like, span where he just was, was here very, all the time. Yeah, he was basically <laughs> editing books. Um, we got that. Then I also got a special treat news today. We're going to be talking about the new Astonishing X-Men title with editor Mark Paniccia. Ooh. And then Alex and I will be back here for quotes and comments. Yes. But first... We go to the comics, and we start this week with a very unique comic. Um, we, of course, both picked three comics, yes. as is our new format. Yeah. Uh, it's not Top like new hits. anymore. Uh, Top yeah. hits. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of a familiar format it's now. It's like a month now, right? But I took <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme number six, uh, written by Robbie Thompson, pencils by Javier Rodriguez, inks by Alvaro Lopez, colors by Jody, Jody Blair. Now, when I opened this book up, I didn't quite know what I was getting into. Um, but there's a warning, and the warning on the recap page says, this is no ordinary comic book. 
Your life and the lives of the Sorcerer Supreme are at risk, and it is up to you to save them. Each page bears a choice, and every page turn can have serious repercussions, so proceed with caution and care. Choose wisely. Uh, choose wisely. Don't choose wisely. <laughs> um, so this is a choose-your-own-adventure book. That's awesome. It's really cool. You go to the first page. you got Doctor Strange. Basically, you can pick which of the other Sorcerer Supremes you want to save, and based on your decision, it will take you to another page of the book. This took me literally, like... I was going to say, how many times did you fail? Dude, (laughs) there's four different paths just right off the bat, and of the four different paths, you get three different paths on the next page, and that leads you to, like, two different paths. I failed a whole bunch of times. Um, If I was good at math, I'd calculate how many different choices there are. There's so (laughs) many choices, but it's so great because the thing is... um, reading and flipping through you get to you follow along with Doctor Strange as he's learning stuff because the conceit of the book is he has these bones these magical bones Mm. not bones on bones but magical (laughs) bones that allow him to every time he screws up travel back in time hence he goes back to the beginning of the book so you're like so he's failing and you're failing at the same time we're all failing (laughs) Um, but he learns stuff as he goes and he'll reference it like he'll reference how he screwed up before but it's like you get to see each of the characters you get to see dr strange's relationship with each character what i really like is that it gives javier rodriguez the chance to draw all sorts of crazy monsters like he's got look yeah, this cat this big cat with uh with like gills and dragon parts these sumo wrestlers with blockheads um <laughs> a mouth that just comes out of nowhere to eat people and it's just you get all these recurring things and javier rodriguez just goes nuts yeah it just kills all it all <laughs> it's amazing um but through the different scenes you really get a sense of the chemistry of how the Sorcerer Supremes are set up because if he goes to rescue the Ancient One first the Ancient One gives him a hard time saying I could have rescued myself or if you go to rescue the Spirit of Vengeance first she says I don't know my powers I, uh, I'm, I'm useless to you or if you go to Wiccan he reveals a secret but it's all these it, when it's just Doctor Strange in one of them it's a different dynamic than when if it's Doctor Strange and he already went and got the Ancient One Oof. and then they go to get the Conjurer then it's a whole completely new dynamic and you get a new dynamic <laughs> every second <laughs> This comic is so much fun. Um, you eventually get to it'll it'll take you to place and just look, man. Look at Javier Rodriguez's art. And yeah, just I, credit just as well. Destroying it all. Credit as well to I want to give full credit to the art team here. To uh, Alvaro Lopez, very strong inks, and of course Jordi Blair, maybe the best colorist in the business. Um, her colors are so lush in this. But eventually, you will get to this crazy page where Doctor Strange is like wrapped up in these weird snakes. Um, and With trying like to figure eyes things all out. over them. Ugh. And he finally realizes... Snakes. I'll, you don't like snakes? <laughs> Hate snakes. Yeah, snakes with <laughs> eyes on them are even worse. Yeah, it's um, terrible. <laughs> but Doctor Strange gets to a turning point and he realizes what he needs to do to beat all this and it will tell you what to do too you can you can keep going through this ad nauseum and screwing up pretty much ad infinitum well you got to get all the experiences yeah, you know? yeah i wanted to read everything so i just kept going back and forth it was really really fun i wonder if there's one person out there just happened to like pick the, the right one the yeah first time. <laughs> right off the bat i'll say there's a reason that uh he probably would not get it the first time but oh. i don't want to say what it is but anyways we get this big resolution page where Doctor Strange saves all of them. And it's, it's the cool thing is he uses all the things you learned in the failed journeys to basically beat the system and get back. And he brings them back to modern day New York. And there's someone waiting for him. I'm just praising this comic for its inventiveness, um, for its 
cleverness for the amount of time it must have taken Robbie Thompson to concoct all that yeah. and the beautiful beautiful art I can only imagine how like long it took just like put everything together and all the options it's crazy man he has <laughs> probably like a crazy like beautiful mind oh, memento yeah. style board yeah up. definitely there's like storyboards yeah. like this this is like leads here and that yeah I, Robbie Thompson <laughs> doesn't have to write another comic for the rest of his life now. he's written like 20 in the sense of one yeah that's it stuff. good run yeah nice run <laughs> <laughs> all right my first pick is Guardians of the Galaxy number one point MU. So this is in Monsters Unleashed tie-in. Mm-hmm. It's by Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, and art by David Baldion and colors by Marcio uh, Mentz. I'm not too sure. Sound more confident yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll try. <laughs> anyway, so the thing I loved about this, this was basically a Groot-centric story. Mm-hmm. So it's very emotional in the beginning. You find out what happened on Planet X, what happened to his people. You f- uh, one of the monsters that shows up on Earth actually destroyed a lot of his species yeah and it's very sad beginning you see like some group like skeletons basically Mm. yeah and there's not fire pleasant no it's not pleasant at all so then they're fighting on earth and this thing comes down and Groot like just freezes yeah just i mean obviously first of all you gotta tell you about the fact that the guardians are back together like Uh, almost against their yeah their will not like really together that's why i want to say yeah (laughs) like they're fighting together but they're not together they're basically doing captain marvel's handiwork she's dispatched them to take care of some of the monsters who are touching down because the monsters unleashed but they're still all pissed off each other everyone's pissed at star lord exactly it's everyone basically just mad at peter (laughs) gamora's ready to kill him at any second uh Thankfully, she doesn't. No. But, you know, it's it's almost there. Yeah, well, spoilers. But, I mean, hopefully she wouldn't kill him. Yeah. So they're fighting one monster at first. They take care of him, and then this other one emerges. Mm -hmm. And that's the one I was talking about before. Groot gets scared, and everyone's kind of in their own zone, not worrying about it. Rocket gives a nice motivational speech to Groot. Mm -hmm. It's very, you know, best friend. And it's great. And then Groot steps up, has a really cool form at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Takes care of this monster. And I... Finally, I think what ends off with a great note for me is Rocket's basically like, hey, you guys are too busy worrying about him. You guys didn't even ask, like, what's up with, I mean, worrying about the fight. You guys didn't even ask what's up with Groot. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of like, all right, should probably be a better team. It was kind of <laughs> nice. I, I, I feel like this dynamic was different where uh, the focus of the team was Groot. I feel like Groot, we got to see, because so you've seen Rocket and Groot, the buddy team. You don't yeah. really see how much, you, in this you get to see how much the other members of the team care about Groot. Yeah. And actually, like, reward him. And um, I liked Rocket's line where he basically talks about Groot's powers and how he regenerates. Yeah, explains um, it But all. he can't stop regenerating. And Yeah, so that was a really sad part, though, because mm-hmm. they're like, explaining, like, wh- like, why they're telling him, like, why, how his power works. Mm-hmm. Like, why they're explaining it is just, it, it's basically Groot in pain the whole time. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's fighting this monster, and he's kind of burning up, and it's, like, they're explaining it. Like, makes you so sad, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you get some insight, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you get to explain it. And it, another thing I want to point out of this book is there's an awesome part that they just, like, leave Quill behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, you're useless. At this yeah. <laughs> and, like, everyone's so mad, and they're like, oh, all right, yeah. and, you know, Drax just being Drax, yeah. listening to Gamora. <laughs> I mean, Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, of course, were the X-Men 92 writing team. Yes. We know they can do kind of tongue-in-cheek humor. They do a very good job on it in this issue. And David Baldion is just one of the most underrated uh, artists we've it. got. He's great. Yeah, with the monsters, with great group's job transformations, the monsters, yeah. at, at, like the battles, it's just awesome. There's so much going on. It's incredible. Yeah. Love this. Very Love good. it. 
All right, Nova number four, uh, written by Jeff Loveness and Ramon Perez. Ramon Perez on art, Ian Herring on colors. Cover by Ramon Perez is, I love, yeah. I love covers that are close-ups of people kissing. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. When I was a kid, there was a New Warriors cover that had Nova virtually in the exact same position he was in here, Ugh. and Namorita on the other side. Ooh. And it was a classic. And there's another. Is this one a new classic for you? This is a new. This is the new <laughs> classic. Um, but there's there was another one with Gambit and Rogue. This, this used to be. This was a big thing in the nineties. Right. So listeners, so I'm glad that kissing covers are back. <laughs> listeners, send Ben Moore's. Yeah. All your favorite kissing covers yeah. from Marvel Comics. Or just, or just pictures <laughs> of you and you and your significant other kissing. Yeah. Not creepy at all. Sure. Oh my God. Where did this go? I need Ryan back. <laughs> so this issue is uh, not really an action issue, which. What I love here is it's a split focus on uh, Sam Alexander and Rich Ryder. Sam Alexander is taking this girl he has met at school yes. out on a date. It's very, like, perfectly adolescent. Yeah, it's so, like, teen about. So in, teen. In every way. It's just like he tries to impress her yeah. off that. Oh, number one, he needs to get a ride with yes, his mom. Yes, that's the best one. Because he doesn't like, have his license. Yeah, the girl's like, pick me up. He's like, pick me up. He's like, uh. Yeah, he doesn't have a car. <laughs> but um, we've got. <laughs> We've got his mom driving him and him being like, Mom, I fly to space all the time. <laughs> He's like, I can just, drive a car. <laughs> yeah, I can drive a car. She's like, nope, you don't have your license. Uh, meanwhile, mm-hmm. while that's going on, Rich goes to one of his old safe houses. I don't know why Rich Rider has safe houses, but I think it's a great addition yeah. to the Rich Rider camp. Sometimes you got to escape. And he <laughs> runs into Gamora, who he has been to the Bone Zone with. Yes. Uh, it's, that's canon. That's established okay. fact. You can look it up. <laughs> you, can, you can look it up. I don't know why you would need to, but it's kind of we got this parallel stuff going on where we got Sam having this awkward meetup with this girl and Rich kind of confiding with Gamora, like someone he can really yeah. actually talk to and say, like, look, some messed up stuff is happening with me. I'm not sure what's happened since I came back. I love when Sam goes to pick up the girl. He has a nightmare scenario about her being like this fire demon villain and just like sh- just she's putting him out, basically. She, she's basically Dormammu, but then she's like, yeah, it's like he's on like a pile of defeated super villains. Uh, she's like, you're a loser. And she goes, you're a loser. I changed my mind because you suck. And then there's Captain America dying going, you suck. Everyone thinks so. Especially me. We talk about it all the time. You suck so hard. But he picks her up. Look how that scares him more than anything. Yeah, and I like that Rich and Gamora go wandering out in the snow and they're just having like a very serious conversation. Gamora's talking about the deal with Thanos, how he's on Earth, how she's pissed at the Guardians. Rich is talking about coming back from the dead. How he should have told her. How he should have told her. All this other stuff. Uh, And then some people, some muggers come up and they hand over your wallets and they've made I, a huge mistake i love that part yeah i love when rich goes we were good at, we we're good at other stuff though yeah because he's saying we're not good not at talking. Uh, talking but we're good at other stuff which is a double meaning by the way you know, Alex. <laughs> um sam i like sam's sweater yeah. put that out he's I, dressed very nicely he's just very nice <laughs> he's got a nice pair of khakis on uh he also runs into a mugging. So both Novas are taking care of mugging. There's a nice little page where it's both just them taking care of business. I love this page. This is this. awesome. It's just split panels back and forth. Well, the top panels are all Sam and this girl, and they're playing Dance Dance Institution. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just doing like fun stuff at the mall. They're out in the desert. Uh, he gets a hand hold moment. And then 
Rich and Gamora at the same time are kind of, you know, getting up to their old tricks. They're getting drinks. They're the more adult relationship. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're they making end up out with a little kiss, bit. yeah. And then something happens to Rich where he just goes, I haven't told you everything. This is the mysterious thing going on with him in the Cancerverse that we don't really know about. Yeah. He knows that Sam's in danger, so he flies back, and something has happened to Sam's little sister, and that's where we pick up mm-hmm. next issue. Just a great, heartfelt issue that really... Definitely. Helps you get to know these characters. Everyone knows I love Rich Rider. This is why I love Rich Rider. He's just such a normal dude, but like facing the incredible. And Sam Alexander really shines for me in this issue as well. Yeah, and I love the balancing act between both of them in this mm-hmm. book because this was so equally balanced. And yeah. It made you care about both of them. And then, like, the time at the end, it made yeah, absolutely. me really mad. I was like, don't end now. <laughs> don't end now. It's <laughs> like, come on. Keep going. Yeah, it was yeah. great, though. Yeah. <clears throat> And up next, this is a hot number one for this week. Hot. Hot. Coming in hot. Man Thing number one by R.L. Stein mm-hmm. of Goosebumps fame. Mm. And <clears throat> art by Herman Peralta. Yep. Sure. Yeah, okay. All right, see? Two ah. for two. Good. Sometimes, you know, just got to look at Ben for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for validation. validation. Yeah. yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I love the start of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, this really got me. So it starts off with like Man Thing fighting this really disgusting like monster. It's like a silverfish. Yeah, thing, it's right? like, yeah. it's it's so gross. The fangs and like the little I don't know, whiskers, antennas. I don't even know coming yeah. out of its face. Whiskers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to call I like them. That. Let's call them whiskers. Yeah, whiskers. We're good. Anyway, and it, it's like drooling and it's gross. And then you find out it's a Hollywood set. Oh man. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Didn't expect that. It's definitely a twist. I mean, it starts out with kind of man thing in a typical man thing situation. Yeah. He's in the swamp. He's fighting a monster. That makes sense. But wait a minute. Yeah. What is man thing doing in Hollywood? That's exactly. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, awesome. Man thing back at his, you know, finest, killing mm-hmm. some monsters. And mm-hmm. then hold up, it's a movie. <laughs> um, and then you kind of see what he's, you know, what he's up to now. He's been working a long time at like trying to regain his memories, mm-hmm. trying to regain his speech and everything. And I guess. He decided to become a star. Yeah. yeah. He went to and, Hollywood. Yeah, he went he's to Hollywood. Hollywood. And so then he's trying to make it big, you know, and then he gets a, a really sad meeting with, mm-hmm. I guess, the exec at the studio. Oh, it's so depressing. Yeah. And, you know. But so, I like the little touches of humor that R.L. Stein adds in. Yeah. Just like, you know, stop dripping on my rug. <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah. Little things like it that. It kind of just, this guy sucks, this exec. Yeah. It's like, it's funny, but at the same time, it's basically like, he's like, I'm firing you. At the same time, I don't care anything I'm saying about yeah. you. He's just giving like all this bad news. At the same time, he's like, you're gross. Yeah. There's like one point, I think, I'm pretty sure he says like, the test groups think you're disgusting. Yep. <laughs> so he fires him. Man thing's out on his own. He's like thinking about what his next move is, you know, trying to figure out where do I go now? I've been working so hard and I got nothing. And then you get the flashbacks. Yeah, the big you know? flashbacks. Yeah, back to the origin story, exactly what happened um, with Ellen Brandt, you know, the formula, why he decided to run with the formula, how he became Man thing. And it's it's really awesome. The art is great. Art's killer. Yeah, like the, the colors by uh, Rochelle Rosenberg really just pop out everywhere. It's like a dark feeling, but at the same time, you get all the detail you need to. Mm-hmm. It's a really gross transformation. <laughs> and, and it's, it's great. And then you end off the book back in Hollywood and <laughs> it's weird. Something pops up, a new monster, very familiar looking monster and Man-Thing brings the fight to him. And it kind of makes me wonder... Is it real? You know? Yeah. <laughs> After watching the first fight, like, I don't know. <laughs> you, you feel like you've been betrayed. Yeah, exactly. You feel like they've lied to you. So, and then, to be continued. So, we got to pick it up next issue. It's pretty cool. It's a man thing unlike any we're used to because, yes. you know, he has a personality. 
He has he tries witty banter a little bit. Exactly. So it's kind of cool. It's a new take. He's like on man thing. He's very aware of mm-hmm. what he is. Also, yeah. He's like I know what I look like. I know yeah. what I am. He's at the same time. He's like I'm trying to be you know yeah. a regular well, person. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Be cool. And then uh, bad for him. He's a very sympathetic figure. He is, especially like this book really paints it on. It makes you like oh yeah. you know yeah. the whole time. Oh man thing. And then you get this backup story at the end. This is great. Yeah, this is great. This is pure R.L. Stein. It's a little horror story. This one's called Put a Ring on it mm-hmm. um the arts by daniel johnson colors by matt lopez and matt lopez your brother yeah sure yeah. why not yeah. <laughs> um basically it's like a guy's trying to scam it he's trying to this girl has a ring the ring is supposed to be like this big good luck like artifact mm-hmm. he's trying to steal it so his life becomes better and he gets it but does his life become better? Mm. Read to find out. Yeah. This is a cool little just three-page kind of like parable. Yeah. It was Very awesome, neat. though. All right. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 18, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson, colors by Rico Renzi. <sighs> <laughs> so much going on in Squirrel Girl. I will say that most weeks, Squirrel Girl takes me longer to read than anything else because yeah. I have to read little notations at the bottom. Yeah, I um, get that. And also, they just pack so much into every issue. I was going to say, this Squirrel is a Girl. jam-packed issue. It is. This week... There's a lot. <laughs> this week, it's only the second longest book I had to read because of Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. Which is far Which probably took longest. you like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> but this is just... <laughs> this is just great. Funny right off the bat. Uh, we've got Koi Boy and Chipmunk Hunk fighting another mugger. The muggers are just running rampant. Yeah. Marvel Universe this week. Yeah, this I week, lo- muggers are everywhere. I love They're the in. The first panel is Chipmunk, Hunk, and Koi Boy ready to go up against this hulking mugger and this old lady who's had it stolen just yelling, Fight! It also looks like something out of like a video game. It looks, it looks like Marvel exactly vs. Capcom. Like you know? Yes, Marvel vs. Capcom. You know, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 yes. is available uh, this week. You guys see what we did there? Yeah, you can play it on Xbox One, mm-hmm. PS4, or Steam. Steam. Uh, anyways, back to the comic. Uh, we've got this mugger gets foiled not by the two guys, but by a bunch of acorns falling on him because, hey, <laughs> Squirrel Girl can fly now. Yes. She has a mysterious benefactor, this old lady who basically said to her, like, look, I want to help you. I want to make you a better hero. Um, Talking about responsibility, yep. great power. Great power, great <laughs> responsibility, the whole nine yards. Uh, Cowboy and Chipmunk Hugger just like, that is so cool. Um, they're like, hey. And she's like, hey, maybe you guys can get flying suits yeah. too. And I'm like, they both go, Cowboy goes into the whole thing. He's like, yeah, they're a flying fish. <laughs> yeah. so that makes sense for me. Chipmunk Hugger says, Chipmunks don't fly, but I would really like to. <laughs> yeah. um, like, they put like a reason behind it. He's like, yes, I would like one because this fish can fly. Yeah. And then like, the Chipmunk I was like, nah. This is whatever. Probably, <laughs> probably my favorite little thing here is when uh, Chipmunk Hunk talks about his how origin. His origin, <laughs> and before he was Chipmunk Hunk, he was the handsome puncher. Oh, that was a great name. And then I like how at the bottom in the denotation here, Ryan says, "I like how the only rule Tomas has when picking a superhero name for himself is that it should definitely mention how he's attractive. <laughs> I think it's a great rule." Signed, extremely talent, uh, extremely handsome comic book narrator guy. I thought that was great. It's so funny. <laughs> funny stuff on every page. They get to meet the benefactor. Um, Melissa. Melissa. Uh, and she has bears. Yeah, as butlers. As butlers and they're blue also. because yeah, this whole thing <laughs> is she has the ability to talk to animals as well. She can talk to all animals. Yes. Uh, she had a chicken named Alfredo. Yeah. Uh, we learn more about him later in the issue. Um, Nancy does not trust Melissa and asks a bunch of questions in this beautifully, like, let's see, one, two, three, yeah. four, sixteen 
32 panel yeah. grid of basically questionnaire and then and she really did her research nancy too research. On nancy <laughs> always does her research but all this stuff going on and it's basically a it's a gradual reveal that melissa Moorback may not be the wonderful person that squirrel girl thought she was squirrel uh, the the butler bears come after squirrel girl and nancy squirrel girl gets nancy out of there uh melissa Moorback says she wants to talk to squirrel girl she said um Squirrel Girl tries to bring all the squirrels to bear to help her out. Mm-hmm. And Melissa Morbeck, uh, I like saying her full name. <laughs> yeah. um, she, it, sounds, she, it sounds a lot better than just she, Melissa. <laughs> she unleashes a horde of rats. Uh, so yeah. that overpowers the... Uh, basically, they're at a standoff. Yeah, and she I like says, the well, line... Rats eat squirrels for breakfast. (laughs) So Squirrel Girl says adieu to Nancy. Nancy dials 911. Squirrel Girl and Melissa have a conversation. This is kind of the more cerebral part of the issue where she talks about, no, look, I'm not a bad guy. What I was telling you about power and responsibility, there's a deeper meaning to that. Yeah. And she explains it all. And it's... It's a lot more. It's it's different from what you would think. From great power comes a great yeah. responsibility. You know. I also want to point out. Um, there's one page where animals who Melissa, who we learn something about her powers. Um, she sent. Uh, she sent. Um, Animals rampaging through Times Square, but you get to see all the Broadway yeah. signs, and they're all for like Marvel themed uh, <laughs> musicals. So you get like Wiccan, which Ugh. is Wiccan and Hulk doing the pose from Wicked. Uh, you get the Phantom X of the Opera. Yeah. Uh, Les Mis, I'm not sure what that is. Maybe Gambit? Hmm. Possibly. Yeah, I was Ryan thinking about North, that one also. Tell me what's up with that one. I also like all the play on like the bars and restaurants. Oh, yeah. Fear <laughs> itself, yeah. Maximum Carnitas, Marvel, Marvel Chow. Chow. <laughs> Brilliant. So good. Uh, this is such a funny book and it's so entertaining. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, Squirrel Girl versus her former mentor. Her powers are on the fritz uh, and there's animals everywhere. And I love the way Erica Henderson draws animals, like this lion that's howling, this elephant that's on the rampage. It's just beautiful stuff. And we also get a bonus one page adventure of Chicken Alfredo and yep. Chef Bear who, who wants, wants to, to cook him. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh man! And from there, right over to you, it transitions perfectly to your next comic because I because th- I read these back to back. Oh yeah! And I was like, I was yeah. just gut busting. They definitely these are the funniest ex- comics. Exactly. Of the week. Yeah, they brought the laughs for yeah. the whole week, and I I love this one. I love this issue. So we got unbelievable Gwenpool number thirteen. This is by Christopher Hastings and art by Alti. Fermancia. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and Guru Hero. It's always the artist. You're yeah. fine with the writers. Yeah. I feel like you're biased against artists. Oh, no. Just, I got I to gotta sit there and just learn their names, I guess. Yeah. And then we got colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and Guru Hero also. Rochelle Rosenberg is busy this week. Yeah. There, she, yeah she's been on like a lot of books, but Most she kills books, it. So, too. yeah. And I'm happy about it. Yeah. So, fine. Anyway, so <laughs> we, we pick up in a arcade's weird dungeon game with the, uh, some of the mercs. Yep. So they're basically trying to figure out, like, what's It's like the- a Dungeons & Dragons scenario. Yeah, right? exactly. It's the type of thing that uh, Laura Cameron would love. She would love it. I wonder yeah. if she read this issue. No, she should her. read this issue. Yeah. Ask her when you get back. That's one of our, one of our video, video editors. editors. Yeah. yeah. She's Huge. big D&D. Huge nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, back to sure, the book. I love that we mentioned that on the podcast. Yeah. We'll tell her sure after. to tell her. <laughs> she'll probably laugh. Yeah. Hopefully. Anyway. <laughs> so- uh, so we start back out over here. They're trying to figure out what's the end game, who's the big boss, who are they supposed to be killing. And then they figure it's Deadpool. The way, like you know, <laughs> like everything they put was like, if he talks, he'll make you go mad. I yeah. thought that was like the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get that. <laughs> Worth noting, this is shirtless Deadpool, yeah, which is super disgusting. But he's also like, I mean, I know 
Deadpool's like jacked, but mm-hmm. he looks gigantic in this yeah, issue. He, he looks like a monster. <laughs> yeah. So he's and then as soon as they figure out, he stumbles in, starts kicking all their butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gwenpool in her cool D and D armor yeah. <laughs> slices him in half. He gets really mad. Um, they start talking a lot more. All of a sudden, she pulls out like this virtual D and D board yeah. and starts like figure it out. <laughs> yeah. She like puts together a plan and she starts yelling. She's like, "Hey, all right." Uh, Batrock, do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't fully understand this part. Really? No. <laughs> All right. So I guess you need to play D and D more, or at least I've play one. D before. So I mean, it's basically like you set up a plan, mm-hmm. and she's like, "All right, then this person's like, you know, acid or whatever could like do this or that. Like mm-hmm. that, we'll use this first. It's always protect the healer because the healer could like yeah. heal the group when they got, got down. Yeah. Got so that. that's basically it. So she like, all of a sudden, she has this in front of her. She starts saying, "She's like, this is how we're going to beat Deadpool." So, and they get pretty close to it. Yeah. But then. Gwenpool says one thing and it makes Deadpool realize like oh another fourth wall breaker and yeah. he just kind of just goes nuts <laughs> it's great the, the, I mean this is what we were waiting for because yeah. Gwenpool and Deadpool obviously as we've learned Gwenpool is not just a ripoff of Deadpool but she does look a little like him yeah but when they start going at it and talking like two people who both realize that they're in a comic book mm-hmm. it's gold yeah it's magic <laughs> so he basically she says like he, like she says something that basically puts on the whole thing. It's like your book, and he yeah. just like starts going nuts. Like basically, sa- she says, "You're a guest star in my book." Yeah, and freaks out. Like beats them down, mm-hmm. <laughs> destroys her. I don't even know how he does it, but destroys her virtual board that she mm-hmm. like made out in their mind, and then starts destroying them. And then they finally figure out, like, hey, if this is how it's going, we should be working together. Yeah, <laughs> and they put their minds together, and like within two pages after putting their minds together they find arcade i like that he just punches gwenpool and she's just like he's like well you did cut me with a knife he's like whatever you punched me yeah. i'm she's a like, girl yeah. and she's like yeah but your punch hurt yeah like, your punch hurt <laughs> great uh, stuff that was great and then so they finally figured that out and it, i like also when he was like he was like no one even knows about you yeah. <laughs> really making it like gives a really hard yeah. time he says no one knows you you debuted in a howard <laughs> the duck backup story which is all true yeah um, really harsh stuff he's like people. i've been over hundreds of issues yeah it's like <laughs> it's, i and talks a lot about his movie yeah out of his movie very proud of it yeah. number one r-rated seller yeah, of all time yeah anyway then they figured it out they take the fight to arcade really take him out fairly easy mm-hmm. and then it goes to this awesome they break out of like the, you know this whole scenario and they're staring at staten island <laughs> and good finally, old staten yeah, island good old staten island um they basically go to parker industries to try to get mega tony you know a job yep and it ends off on a pretty happy note actually yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised. <laughs> like, it was really funny, and there's, like, a huge battle, and it ends off in, like, in this pretty, like, very, you know... Everyone's good. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the big conclusion to Inhumans versus X-Men. Yes. Issue number six, written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule, art by Lineal Francis Yu. Uh, we've also got inks by Lineal Francis Yu with Jerry Al. Alan Guillen and colors by David Curiel. This is the big finish. Uh, it's a big fight issue. It's Inhumans taking on X-Men. It's people, it's Emma Frost kind of stepping to the fore and realizing that her plan is unraveling a little bit. So she basically, she takes control of a bunch of Inhumans, mm-hmm. puts them against each other. Just some nasty stuff. What she does to Black Bolt is gross. Yeah. I mean, it's basically just Emma Frost back and form. You yeah. know what I mean? She finally, she shows her hand. She shows what she's been trying to do this whole time and she puts it in action yeah for a lot of people 
this will be your I mean for people who have waited years for Emma Frost to go full bad again yeah. to break bad again this is going to be a treat for you uh, Medusa gets to do some really cool stuff in this issue the gist is that the Terrigen clouds are coming in and the new humans um, are basically like look they tell the older inhumans the royal family they're like we've learned that this is deadly to mutants what yeah. do we do and the royal family goes whoa we need to make a decision yeah they never really want to fight us you yeah. know what I mean but they, they're gonna die <laughs> yeah. so we need to figure out what we're gonna do um, Medusa makes a huge decision this is not enough for Emma Frost Emma Frost is still going at it she has a trump card that she plays yeah uh, two trump cards I gotta actually. say when that happened mm-hmm. the first trump card I was like wow did not expect that and like the way they look, the trump card. I was yeah. like, that was super it's cool. Nasty. Yeah. Uh, you does some great design work in this yes. issue. Just drawing the powers and drawing everything. Um, she takes over Magneto, which probably will not prove to be good for her oh, long term. He was so mad. But he, the uh, the person who steps in and plays the wild card is Havoc. Um, Havoc. Uh, basically surprises everyone but there's this great panel of um, Medusa capturing Emma Frost in her hair and just like squeezing her until part of the diamond Diamond shape falls falls off Uh, but like I said Havoc has a role to play and we get a little epilogue where everyone is where Emma is where Medusa is Medusa has abdicated the throne that's Mm -hmm. the big change coming out of here she gave it over to Iso so Iso is going to be in charge of Adelan and it's a new beginning for Medusa and Black Bolt yeah I love that ending page yeah it was very uh, cool way to end it and if you've been reading Marvel.com you know we've had a ton about Royals about X-Men Gold Mm -hmm. uh, just two of the books that are part of Resurrection we had the X-Men and Human Summit last week, the news summit where we had all the editors in here talking, talking about, about what's gonna what's gonna occur. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be huge stuff. All right, let's quick hit through the rest of the books this week, Woo! starting with All New Wolverine number 18, written by Tom Taylor, art by Nick Varela, color art by Michael Garland. It's the conclusion to Enemy of the State 2. It's Laura and all her friends taking on Kimura, her greatest enemy. Uh, this is really satisfying, especially uh, if you've been part of our Unlimited Reading Club and you're reading the original X-23 series and you know what a pain in the butt Kimura is yeah. and how terrible she is to Laura. This is a very satisfying yeah. uh, twist and the end is beautiful and next issue Laura gets a new costume yeah looks awesome too yeah, looks great I love the color scheme yep. you know dark <laughs> <laughs> alright we're on Captain America Steve Rogers number 13 by Nick Spencer artist uh, Rose Stein and Ted Brandt and colors once again Rochelle Rosenberg Rochelle Rosenberg just can't get away from me killing it so this is going into more of Steve's new past and basically you know what, like how he became friends with Zemo um how the Zemo's father died, where it all ties into, like, you know, in present day, and how they're going to, you know, put this new plan of theirs in effect. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man Deadpool number 15. I don't know why I have it here as opposed to later on. I must say, <laughs> oh, I've filed it under Deadpool instead of Spider-Man. Ah. Crazy. Whatever. It's part two of Till Death. It's Till Death to Us. Part, part two, <laughs> uh, written by Joshua Corin, art by Scott Coblish, colors by Nick Filardi. Why don't I get any Rochelle Rosenberg books? I guess so I have them all. <laughs> we got Deadpool and Blade teaming up to fight 
monster. These are actually this is a huge nightmare for me because I am terrified <laughs> of birds, large birds. Oh, like man. and these are geese that have been mutated. They have wings. That, I mean, they have like oh, spike yeah. collars. They have spike <laughs> collars. They have teeth. It's really disgusting. Like you ever seen? Dude, where's my car? Yeah. All right, you know that scene where they go and it's like all the what's the, what's the birds they run into? Oh, uh, I don't know if they're emus that, are or they what emus they are. or ostriches. I think they're ostriches. Okay, they're right, ostriches. Yeah. there's that scene where the ostrich uh, pokes its head down <laughs> through the roof, and then knocks them both out. Greatest fear. Um, <laughs> so we've got Deadpool and Blade taking on these monster geese. Uh, meanwhile, a relative of the Van Helsing's is working at Parker Industries. Currently in the process of getting fired at Parker Industries, uh, Shikla breaks into Parker Industries and is looking for an invention that this Van Helsing relative um, has concocted. So we get Spider-Man and Shikla on one hand, while Deadpool's trying to fight his way through all these crazy monsters. I love the designs that Coblish does. Yeah, just dynamite stuff. I love the way he draws Werewolf by Night. Yeah, but Deadpool <laughs> fighting his way to Parker Industries. So we do eventually get Spider-Man and Deadpool teaming up, although it's mostly the two of them on their own. We get a heartfelt moment between. Deadpool and Shikla. Uh, we get a cool bit with this Van Helsing girl, who's a fun character, who I hope fun set, turns out more. And then we get uh, Deadpool saying who they got to find yeah, in Norris. order to stop Shikla. And it's uh, something I was hoping for, so I'm glad it's happening. I was, yeah, I love that page. I was like, yeah, it's going to be great. All right, and then we got Dr. Afro number five by Kieran Gillen, pencils by uh, Kev Walker, and inks by Mark Deering, colors by Antonio Fabella. And so basically this is Dr. Afra, you know, back with her father. They're looking for Ordu Spectu, the Jedi temple. Mm -hmm. And they find it. They get a lot of information there. But of course, you know, the Imperials are on their tail. And, yeah. you know, they're stupid Imperials. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the worst. Like they're finding all stuff. Her dad is so happy. He's learning so much. They're dealing with these crystals. They're trying to like turn a generator on so they can learn more about these, uh, about the Jedi there. And the Imperials come. Black uh, Christan. Chris <laughs> Christanthan. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like he's uh he tries to hold them back and uh, <laughs> there's a great part where he's like trying to hold back the Imperials and then he just like walks out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's perfect mm -hmm. because that that's the type of people they are. That, yeah. That's what should be happening. Um, the ending, they finally lose the Imperials. They find a crystal to turn on this big machine and learn more the, uh, for the father. And it ends off on a scary note. And we'll Very see scary. We'll see what happens. You again. Oh, hello. It's me again. <laughs> we got Jessica Jones, number six, by Brian Michael Bendis, of course. <sighs> this book by, is so good. Yeah, I love everything about it. Every single issue has just been bam, 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 just mm -hmm. solid. And art by Michael Gatos and on colors by Matt Hollinsworth. And basically... This starts off, you know, right back at the last issue. You know, Jessica's working with Captain Marvel, and then something happens, mm -hmm. and there's a villain involved. They start going at it. Um, Great conversation between Luke Cage yeah, and uh, I, Iron Fist. This was actually, like, the highlight yeah. <laughs> of the book yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, like, it's just so classic Luke Cage and Iron Fist mm -hmm. that it's, it's it was awesome. Bendis has a really good handle on those guys. Um, you see how Jessica is involved with what's happening in Captain Marvel, um, more. It's hard to talk it's, about this book without yeah, spoiling. I know. It's like I'm trying. It is. I, I feel your pain. I'm like trying to say details, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, like if I keep going, it's just gonna, yeah. You know, you Spoil get things. a character shows up that started this whole, <laughs> this whole thing, uh, and I don't know. There's just there's a lot to it. Then you, there's a twist. It's a good issue. There's yeah. A, there's a neat twist. There's a huge twist. You really can't talk much about it. Yeah. I, just you got to read it. Yeah. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a such a strong issue. It really you know 
rounds things out, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you go somewhere else at the end. <laughs> Kingpin, number two, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Ben Torres, colors by Jordan Boyd. Uh, great cover by Jeff DeCall, which depicts Wilson Fisk with behind him, he's beating up a thug, and with his in front of him, he is holding a yeah. balloon up for a little girl, which is kind of. Uh, it's kind of what we got here. So yeah, it's like he, the two sides. <laughs> so Wilson Fisk has hired Sarah Dewey, a down-on-her-luck Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, to write his biography. She's got all sorts of problems. She's a recovering alcoholic. She's having trouble getting custody of her kids. Wilson Fisk wants to convince her and the world that he's basically a good guy. Um, unfortunately, at a charity function, Hammerhead and Tombstone show up, and uh, Wilson Fisk does what he does. He wrecks shop and beats the crap out of Tombstone. I got some heavy John Romita Jr. vibes from Ben Torres on this page. Oh, yeah. Particularly the way he drew uh, Tombstone. The art in this book th- was just... Off the hook. Yeah. Um, so Sarah is kind of like, you know, I saw you at your worst, and you're trying to convince me you're at your best. Um, she gets into a fight with her ex-husband. Uh, that puts some more kind of fuel the fire to whether she's going to work for kingpin or not and kingpin basically lays it out he's just like look i i i want to be good and it's he's convincing me too yeah as he's convincing her um i like how he's also he's not like fighting for it you know no. like when she's like fighting back and she's like i don't know if i want to do this he's like all he's right like, well, all right yeah it's like it's your choice it's up to you we yeah, get exactly. some stuff with a, a sick kid uh and kingpin yelling at a doctor and Kingpin playing with babies, which is super fun. <laughs> he's just like tossing them around. He has like he's like palming a baby. Yeah, it's great. And then uh, Sarah decides, okay, I'm gonna write this biography, which earns her a visit from a mysterious black and red clown stranger at the end of the night. Yeah, I think we all know who it is. It's terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mosaic number six, written by Jeffrey Thorne. The art in this issue is by Bruno Oliveira, colors by Emilio Lopez. It's the uh, the epilogue to the first arc of Mosaic where he kind of dealt with his dad and dealt with the people who made him. He's trying to get his body back. What happens here is Lockjaw shows up, and Mosaic possesses Lockjaw, which is awesome. Yeah, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> it's the best because it's like this crazy mix of Mosaic's thoughts with Lockjaw's thoughts. He transports to Asgard. He goes and finds Ms. Marvel. Transports back to Adelan. But it's just a unique look at how his powers work. We find out that Mosaic shares a past with uh, Johnny Storm who can for some reason see him yeah. uh, and then he ex- he helps Mosaic so that other people can actually see him and then he meets with, the, with Medusa, the Inhuman Royal Family, comes to realize that he's an Inhuman this is set a little while back, so it actually shows you the stuff that we saw him doing during Civil War II. It shows you that from Mosaic's perspective, uh, and the whole issue ends with a bang. Yeah, I really liked how I want to say it's one thing like Johnny Storm mm-hmm. is the one person to help him because it's like two like you know bad boys, yeah, <laughs> like, sure. like celebs, <laughs> just like yep. hey, we get each other. Yeah. This is how you should do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we got Old Man Logan number nineteen by Jeff Lemire, art by Felipe Andrade, and colors by Jordan Boyd. So this is basically Old Man Logan, you know, going full Wolverine. Mm-hmm. He's on the mission. He wants to go back to the Wastelands mm-hmm. to save the uh, baby Hulk that he left there. And he's trying to find a way to do it. He's asking all these, you know, sorcerers and uh, different magicians. And basically everyone's just like, no. No, it's a bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad idea. So he does something that he has to do in order to go back and he finds one person don't want to spoil it yeah. that will help him absolutely <laughs> uh 
All right, Power Man and Iron Fist number 14, written by David F. Walker, art by Sanford Green, colors by Lee Lowridge. We're continuing the whole Harlem Burns storyline where Alex Wilder is causing all sorts of trouble for Tombstone, for Luke and Danny, for everyone around him. Black Mariah is spurring him on. Uh, Tombstone gets Mr. Fish brought back from the dead. It's a very cool scene with yeah. the Black Talon. Uh, Senior Magico is here. <laughs> He's in the house. Uh, they fight a bunch of, like, kind of zombie people uh it's great oh i love uh, that part and then senior magic's like tired and he's like i'm yeah. not used to being a superhero yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i like how put upon luke cage is he's just so like oh this is all the worst <laughs> they meet up with night nurse for a little while they take some people there alex wider just doing bad stuff uh jenny who is their former secretary who's working with black mariah has some doubts about what's going on we get dr voodoo mm-hmm. um dr voodoo looking over Senior Magico's work, so they they double check with each other, um, and basically Doctor Voodoo is the one who determines that Alex Wilder is trying to become the Grandmaster of Street, street magic, magic, which would be bad news for everyone. Alex Wilder is a great villain here. I'm glad we've brought him back to the uh, to the game, and he's trying it. Um, Luke and Danny end up in a pretty bad situation by the end with a giant demon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be messy next <laughs> issue. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got Silver Surfer number nine. This is by Dan Slott and Michael Allred. Colors by Laura Allred. Uh, this is great. I love everything about Silver <laughs> Surfer. <laughs> uh, basically, they're on, you know, they're exploring the universe. They end up on this planet Incandesa 4. Mm. You ask why four? Why because four, Alex? they've uh, used up the rest of the planets in yeah. their in their system. They've got so, three strikes against. Them. <laughs> yeah, usually and, more than you get. Yeah, and because of they like destroy those planets, they kind of figure out this race figures out how they can keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a weird they like turn themselves into holograms, but not really. Mm. It's it's very strange. Something happens with Dawn in that, and. Silver Surfer gets pretty mad about it. It's <laughs> just such a smart book. Yeah, it's, it's just so clever. So the twists. The, yeah, the ending with it's. it's I don't want to spoil anything, but something like it's cool what happens mm-hmm. at dawn. Absolutely. You know, it's it's different. It's and, emotional. Yeah, it's very emotional, and uh, they have their first dance. But not really. <laughs> mm, yes. Why does Silver Surfer and Dawn have their first dance, but not really have their first dance? That's what is worth uh, reading. This yeah, issue for. it's so great. You see, like what happens to like physical bodies on the planet, and then you get a little bit with the mysterious follower that has you know been tracking them mm-hmm. this whole time, and what's going to happen? I don't know, but I love this book and I want to find out. <laughs> Great stuff, man. So those are the books on sale this week. The trades available this week are Avengers and X-Men Axis, Cloak and Dagger, Lost and Found, Marvel Masterworks Daredevil, Volume 11, Max Ride Final Flight is out in hardcover, New Mutants Epic Collection, Renewal, Power Man and Iron Fist Volume 2, Civil War 2, and Star Wars Legends Epic Collection Volume 2, Old Republic. Perfect. Then we got... Digital Comics on sales, everything we've mentioned. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week is Daredevil number 108 to 112 and number 15 to number one, uh, 115 to 119. Sorry, guys. That's from uh, 1964. We got Ozma of Oz number 1 through 8. Paradise X 0 to 12. I got to say on Paradise X, uh, Joe Terborelli 
PR guy Supreme has been going back <laughs> Supreme and reading all of Earth X. And I've Rude. said when he finishes Earth X, I want him to come and check in and do a little thing on the podcast. So that's something, Joe, if you're listening, <laughs> I've now put it out there in the world. But more for our listeners, something to look forward to. We're going to get nice. Joe T's take on Earth X. He comes over to me every day. And he's just like, I learned another incredible thing reading Earth X. Did you know that Earth X was the first place that Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel? <laughs> His mind is getting blown. I want him to share it with all of you. Oh, okay. Wait, I want to hear that episode. Yeah. All right. Then we got Punisher number one through five from the 86 run. And we got Digital Collections on sale. Cloak and Dagger, Lost and Found. Daredevil Masterworks, Volume 11. Max Ride, Final Flight. New Mutants Epic Collection, Renewal. Power Man and Iron Fist, Volume 2, Civil War 2. Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The Old Republic, Volume 2. Punisher, Circle of Blood. Shattered Heroes, Spider-Man Breakout, Spider-Man Fever, Womb of Marvel, Volume 1. Freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited. We've got all-new Wolverine Annual Number 1, Amazing Spider-Man Number 17, Astonishing Ant-Man Number 11, Bishop, The Last X-Man Number 15, Carnage Number 11, Civil War 2, Choosing Sides Number 5, Cloak and Dagger 1985, Volume 1 through 11, Deadpool v. Gambit Number 4, the V stands for Versus, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> the joke is like uh, wearing pretty thin at this uh, point. I still like it. Yeah, I still <laughs> like it. Guardians of the Galaxy number 11, Han Solo number 3, Howard the Duck number 10, Hyperion number 6, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number 11, Miss Marvel number 10, Nova number 10, Rise of Apocalypse number 1 through 4. That's actually a pretty fun uh, Adam Polina illustrated limited series from back in the 90s. Uh, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 8, Silver Surfer number 6, Son of Satan. From wow. 1975, one through eight. I did not even know Damon Hellstrom had his own book in the 70s. Wow. That is crazy. Uh, Spider-Gwen, number 11. <laughs> Spider-Man, number seven. Spider-Man 2099, number 14. Strange Tales, number 181. That's a classic Jim Starlin, Adam Warlock story. Thunderbolts, number four. And Uncanny Avengers, number 13. Woo. All right, guys, we're going to head over to what I talked about earlier. It's going to be news from uh, Mark Paniccia talking about Astonishing X-Men, my interview with Christopher Daniels and uh, Christine and Strami doing their thing. Then we'll be back with questions and comments. And now, from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. Welcome back to This Week in Marvel. We have reached the news portion of the podcast. And to do news with me today, I have two very special guests. I have editor Mark Pediccia. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Good, because yes. I've pronouncing it that way for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Christina Harrington. Christina, first time on the show, I believe. Uh, Maybe. I'm not sure. I might have been on it earlier back when... When the whole gaggle of us was oh yeah fired. that time yeah. that time when I had all of you guys on at once and I was rotating yeah good times good times yeah very long time ago at this all point right. but thanks for having me back again yes Woo! brought you guys on specifically to talk about astonishing X Men not astonishing X Men from two thousand four <laughs> which was great but you guys are launching a new astonishing X Men comic what can you, what little can you tell us about this astonishing X Men comic. All right, so the mission for this series is to give X-Men fans a big, action-packed, cinematic story with fan-favorite artists and fan-favorite characters. Um, We really wanted to do a story that would lean into the X-Men mythology and bring something new to the table. Very cool. Yeah. And who are those characters that we're going to feature? We got Old Man Logan. Yes. Archangel. Christina's so excited. Mystique. (laughs) Rogue. Gambit. 
Bishop, Psylocke, and Phantom X. And that's a pretty kicking lineup, especially for us 90s kids. Yeah, I know you're, I, I'm a you're huge, kind of of that, too. Yeah, yeah. That's when I grew up reading the X-Men uh, was in the 90s. Uh, and, man, Rogue and Gambit being on a team again is just, like, making me be like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? It's been now? quite a few years since they've been on a team together. Yeah, It's been yeah. a while. Been I a love bit. this roster. It's, it's a great roster. Yeah, it's unique. And it's rich with character, you know, character, uh, dramatic character moments. Um, they're they're visually dynamic mm-hmm. together. And, and I think we all knew that they would make a really cool group. But when we saw that Jimmy Chung piece, yeah. it was it like really hit us. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece. <laughs> so how how did you come to be the X-Men editor, Mark? Because you've had a lot of roles here at Marvel since I've been here. I knew you as the Hulk editor. I remember because I tried to get hired as Mark's assistant one time oh. way back before I worked here. He probably doesn't even remember this. Oh, I and do. My, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and my, big, my biggest concern at the time was this is when there was a Red Hulk and a Green Hulk. And I'm colorblind. So oh, I can't no. see red and green. What? Yes. Yeah. What does it look like? To you? They look the same to me. They're the same. Like just they bleed into each other. Oh my especially God. if they're right next to each other. So I went into my interview terrified. You're going to ask me to pick out a red and a green hole, but it never even got that far. <laughs> so we were fine. It was all good. But um, how did you become the X Men editor? When did this happen? I'm shocked. I basically willed it into existence. Sure, you want to be the X-Men. I am a mutant, and that is one of my powers. (laughs) (laughs) What about the X-Men appeals to you so much that you want to uh, work on them? Oh, man, I don't know. Everything. I love the way... I love their costumes. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the characters. X-Men was my... Uh, my entry point for the Marvel Universe when I was when I first started reading comics, um, and they're just you know I mean it's that they have that that X factor you know I mean no pun intended but it's like there's something about them that just you know you're like wow they were just they were born this way um, they didn't ask for what they had they didn't you know get struck by lightning or fall in a vat of chemicals or any of those kind of like you know, as you get older, you're like, hmm, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't happen doesn't when fly. people get <laughs> hit by lightning. Um, the, but it was just cool that they were born with these powers mm. and that their powers were as much a, a curse as a blessing. Mm. Totally. So um, I think that, you know, I think everybody, everybody can relate to the X-Men. Um, they're as fantastical as they are. They're also, um, they're just relatable, mm. relatable characters. Christine, I told you I was going to bring this up, but you were on Twitter over the weekend, and you basically, coming off of seeing Logan, you got, like, super emotional, I assume, and just these great tweets that just made me so happy, where you said, like, I can't believe I'm editing these characters, so what's kind of, like, your story of going from fan to editor on these? Yeah, um, when I was hired into Marvel, they told me that I was in the X-Men office, and I was just like, that is the place for me to be. Uh, Like Mark, the X-Men were my entry point into all comics, not just Marvel. They were the first books that I ever picked up, Mm -hmm. and then from there spiraled out into into other books. Um, But I was a huge comics nerd even when I was a kid. I started reading when I was, like, seven or eight. my brother used to get them, my older brother, and he hated comics. Oh, he wow. still doesn't like them at all. Man, what's so, his problem? I don't know. He doesn't get it. He's fine, but he doesn't get it, and that's okay. Okay, whatever. Um, but I used to steal them from him, 
And then uh, I was in love with Wolverine. I thought Logan was the coolest dude that had ever oh, existed. He's my favorite. Yeah, um, that doesn't speak to your future very well. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're attracted to the wrong kind of people. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. definitely. Yeah, bad element. Um, bad element. Yeah. <laughs> no, Logan's a good dude. I maintain it. Um, but I love them so much. And so I knew there was a comic shop in my town. And so I used to ride my bike down to the comic shop about once a week buy a bunch of comics and then ride them back or sometimes I could convince my mother when the way back from the grocery store because I was on the way home yep, convince her deal. to stop by and I'd run in real fast and buy the comics and then just sit in the car and read them and not help her with the groceries which is probably in retrospect why she hardly ever did that uh, for me um, but yeah so uh, I came out of Logan and all I could think about was that first X-Men movie that mm-hmm. I saw and I was 11 years old when that movie came God. out and my dad won us wow. yeah, I, wow. yeah hi hello <laughs> yes, I'm a young person a lot of people were mad at me for that but yeah. still it's what happened uh, and I was really into comics right then I was the only person in my family who was so I just remember the whole drive there and like going to the, the movies was kind of a treat for me as a kid because mm-hmm. we didn't really have a lot of money so my dad won us tickets so all six of mm-hmm. us went That's cool. and my brothers and my sister were like cool yeah okay a movie this is awesome and I was like this is the X-Men mm-hmm. we need to take this seriously um and I was explaining who everybody was and what they were doing, and Rogue was in it, and she's one of my favorite characters mm. of all time, and still is. So for her to be on this on this team, and for to me for me to be able to help out with this team and to help edit this book is like such a dream come true for me. And every day I'm like, oh my god, I get to go make comics, and yeah. I get to go make X Men comics. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You are the spirit of what we all should be, Christina. <laughs> Thank you. I right, bring a full circle to close it out for you guys. You're both X Men fans. What is the itch that Astonishing X-Men is going to scratch that no other book can take right now? And don't give any details. It's it's the drama. It's the drama. I'm I'm here for the drama. I think Mm -hmm. there are so many different connections between all these different characters. And I like to talk about Rogue and Gambit, but, like, that's it. Like, the relationships between these people, the animosity between some of them. I'm looking at Phantom X and Psylocke. Mm. Um, That kind of thing. I can't wait to... think of that. Yeah, I can't wait to see how so many connections. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This thing is loaded, dude. Mm -hmm. It's loaded. And Gambit and Bishop used to not like each other. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be awesome. Oh, and Bishop, like, being back on the team. I am so excited. Like, I'm just, I can't, I can't wait. So, like, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to the drama. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we we went to Charles, um, and... Charles Soule. Charles Soule, yeah. I don't think we mentioned him yet. Uh, (laughs) He had this, this completely crazy story with these, like, just off the chart ideas that we thought would get us some you know really cool long per- long long term pieces mm-hmm. to play with uh, when the when the dust was settled um, and the deeper that we got into the pitch the more kick ass it got nice. and um, and I remember just kind of walking away thinking oh man we can't do this you know we we can't do this, but we we have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, guys, thank you both so much for coming on. Um, I know there's going to be more Astonishing X-Men news coming out next week, so everyone stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me of the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah.
Hello this weekend, Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Editor Christine Din. Und wir Stromstein. Und war opening act, we have Tim and the Hernandezes. That's right, Tim Hernandez. I'm not even going to try the German. I should have prepped two weeks ago. You hit me with that. Uh, Tim Hernandez, uh, director of game production on Marvel Games. Und he will be doing a brilliant opening act for us, talking about the uh, video game news. The Yes, the video game news. <laughs> uh, what, what, yes, we do have video game news, though. What what do we have going on in the world of the games of video? We have a lot of big news this week on the Marvel game side. The big announcement today is actually, actually it may have came out yesterday by the time you guys all hear this, uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy The Telltale series has released its cast. So uh, we um, are able to share now that Scott Porter is going to be the voice of Star Lord for you Friday Night Light Friday Night Lights fans, you or you X Jason Street, or, or you X Men anime fans, right. or you Marvel's Ultimate Spider Man fans, or Heart of Dixie, which are you Heart of Dixie fans? Yes. Uh, Emily O'Brien will be voicing the uh, Gamora. We have uh, Nolan North, who um, I think everybody loves from Uncharted and a million other game series, will be the voice of Rocket. Brandon Paul Ellis, uh, also from video game fame, Watch Dogs, will be Drax. And Adam Harrington, uh, who's done work for Telltale with The Wolf Among Us and League of Legends, will be Groot. Lots of dialogue being recorded for that one in particular, obviously. I hear he says, uh, I is Groot, I am Groot, I are Groot. Well, we're mixing it up. I, I Groot, I'm Groot, Groot. I be Groot. I be Groot. I to be Groot, I to be or not to be Groot. <laughs> am I Groot? Groot I am. Why did why did we hire Adam? We could have just used Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you might uh, regret it. <laughs> well, I hear my Christopher Walken Groot. No. <laughs> sure, I'll handle. <laughs> Christine, Christine knows this routine well enough to just instantly chime in with no, but no, yeah. <laughs> I am Groot. No. no. No, it's a great Christopher Walken. Okay, yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> All right. Yeah, see, it's just compliment me and I quickly move on. What else <laughs> we got? That's the trick. Uh, so that, uh, well, obviously big news. That's the first big uh, reveal for that game in a couple months. But it's going to be um, a busy couple of weeks. The uh, game team will be at PAX East, a big video game show going on in Boston this weekend. And joining them will be our own creative director, Bill Roseman, for a panel just going over the game, obviously the casting announcement, and uh, digging a little bit deeper into what the series will entail, because we haven't really released too many uh, bits of info about that. So we're excited to start hyping that a little bit more. And then next week at the South by Southwest Interactive Show, we're going to have a crowd play of the game. So it'll pretty much be the world premiere uh, of the first episode. We're going to have a very big show where uh, the audience can play along with the first episode. So we're excited for the next couple weeks for the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series. Very cool. And we released also a first look image yes. at the Guardians, didn't yes. we? Yes. Multiple screenshots have been released. Um, so we're just uh, excited to finally be able to share what the game is going to look like and then what it'll play like. And then more and more info will be coming as we build up for launch, which has not been announced yet, but uh, other than it will be this spring. So a little tease there. 
Well, we are getting out of winter pretty soon. We are. <laughs> yeah. Wait, when is that? When is winter? In like two weeks? I, yeah, I, I feel like here in California, in, in Los Angeles, winter lasted like two and a half weeks. We had like two and a half weeks of rain, and other than that, it's like 90 degrees on one side and 90 degrees on the other side. Yeah. So a heat sandwich. So lots of people in Los Angeles, when you say the game is coming in spring, they're like, "Wait, why? I don't get it. Why is it? Not, why am I not playing it now?" Then <laughs> it's true. Uh, what else we got going on in the world of games? We have uh, a new character launch in Marvel Puzzle Quest this week. We have two versions of Hawkeye. One version is inspired by his costume in uh, Captain America: Civil War, which is pretty cool. That's a five-star version. But we're also releasing a three-star version of Hawkeye based on the, the Fraction AHA series, which is oh, a personal that. favorite. Um, wait, yeah. wait. Did, yes. did, you said Hawkeye, correct? I did say Hawkeye. Okay, I was going to ask. I was going to make sure. I was actually going to do a joke at the end. But Sorry you to step on your joke. It. Yes. Yeah, he's beaten up, abused, gotten to some <laughs> nonsense with some Russian mobsters. Yeah, does, he's, does, does he come with his own pizza dog in the game? Yeah, Lucky was already in the game. He, ah. Lucky joined Kate Bishop's release a couple of months back, but Lucky will be back representing Hawkeye. Uh, so it's a it's a fun release. They're they're making the two versions available. Um, so pick him up if you can in game, and then next week they're launching an event built around him. So that's exciting. Then uh, we also have Marvel vs. Capcom 3 news, finally available. Uh, Ultimate. Ultimate. Marvel Capcom That's right. 3. Sorry, Danny Koo will be upset that I butchered his <laughs> title's name. Uh, yeah, available now uh, in stores for PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So get it. It's, it's the first time this game has been available on Steam, correct? I believe so. I, th- I believe I'd read that somewhere. Yes. So, all you folks. All you Steam gamers, you can finally get on them. Finally, some, uh, many, many Marvel years later. Capcom 3 action. All right. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, always tons of material uh, being launched on a daily basis across our other titles. Yeah, can so you guys do a little less, please? I'm trying. <laughs> like, you guys in I the need TV vacation. department are the two that these days I kind of want to go to and be like, dude, you make our jobs too hard. I, I, can you stop? Yeah, I think I'll tell the party. Can, can, can you can you can you can you just stop rocking it? Like you guys are too you guys are doing too good, and, and I'm tired of it. And if we could just if we could just suck more. Get on his level. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, just yeah, if you could if you could just go down to like my level of quality of work, please, because I it's it's a lot to try and match you guys. Oh man, he's, you're building it up. So, but but. <laughs> I'll take that back to the team and say, okay, you guys go home, days off, days over, take a stroll in, take a few weeks off, take, take a, a few, few weeks, weeks off. I think we could all use a vacation. I think you're onto something, Mark. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Tim. Thank you, guys. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye, to Tim. But Christy and I will be back in well, like literally half a second as you're listening to this. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. All right, everyone, we're back. I know that was a very long pause. <laughs> You missed us. Totally. It's okay, though. We're back. We're back with uh, more news from the West Coast. Uh, we're going to kick things off with some TV news. Of course, Marvel's Iron Fist, it's just uh, one, week week? Away? one week away. One week away as you are listening to this. So we released a new featurette focusing on Colleen Wing, who's played by Jessica Hennick in the series, uh, along with a new motion poster for Colleen. 
that you can check out and you can get some more info on uh, what brings Colleen and Danny's worlds together mm-hmm. and what their relationship is like and what their dynamic is like and uh, get a little hint of why Danny, uh, despite what he says, actually does need Colleen's help in his... Oh, the daughter of the dragon. ...in his quest. Um, so you can go check that out. That's on Marvel.com right now. It's on all our social. And, of course, Marvel's Iron Fist... Uh, all episodes streaming next Friday, March 17th, uh, only on Netflix. Yeah, it's going to be midnight. That's what it was, right? 12 yes. 12.01 a.m. Pacific time. Yep, sorry, East Coast. The one time that you guys don't benefit. <laughs> As true. I always love that. The, the East Coast gripers, they're like, <laughs> wow, we have to get at 3 a.m. It's like, you understand you guys like see every episode of television before, before the rest of us, other than on Netflix. So right? now you're just be like equal to us. Not yeah. even like not even that we're better. We're just yeah. equal. So quit quit your quit your griping. <laughs> East Coast. I love how I like went to like some old timey gangster <laughs> accent when I am there. I'm like, yeah, see, it's not fair. We, we have to wait up until three a.m. Because uh, I guess in my mind, everyone on the East Coast sounds like they're from a 1930s gangster Is this what the movie. The office sounds like over there. <laughs> You've talked with Cerulean. I mean. uh, so we've got that in other. Marvel TV news, we rounded out the cast of Marvels and Humans, which of course is coming to IMAX and ABC later this year. Uh, who all did we announce? We, we announced the rest of the royal family, beginning with uh, Crystal, who is played by Isabel Cornish, and then Gorgon, who is played by Emmy Equacor. Uh... We, I've, I've not been able to track down anybody to tell me how to pronounce half of these names, so deepest apologies to... Awesome job. Do you the, much better than I the, have. <laughs> to the talent. Uh, Triton will be played by Myla Moe. Uh, Orin, who is a newer Inhuman character, she first appeared in um, Charles Soule's run on the series. I think like maybe issue 7-ish of Inhuman. That sounds right. You're the expert. Is it seven or eight? It's somewhere <laughs> around there. I know that much. Um, I think it was around like the Axis tie-in that happened to Inhuman. Whatever. I'm being nerdy. Forget that. <laughs> anyway, she will be played uh, by Sonia Balmores. Then we have a mystery character who will be played by Ellen... I can't read Christine's what handwriting... Is- is that an R-N at the end? An M or what? Oh, that's an R-N. R-N. Okay, so Ellen Noblorn. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and we also announced, of course, that Lockjaw will be playing Lockjaw. Himself. A 2,000-pound. Yes. Crystal's 2,000-pound two, <laughs> bulldog because every royal family... Need a 2,000 pound bulldog. I need one. Just ask the Brits. (laughs) Um, So that covers all the casting announcements and all that. What else else do we have? The premiere of season two, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, this weekend. Disney XD, this Saturday. It's going to be a uh, one hour special where the Guardians are trying to track down. Thanos' like asteroid meteor 
Same thing. No, not no, same thing. Not, not no, same thing. Meteor. And they come across, well, actually, they infiltrate the Avengers base. And it's their first interaction in the animated world. And, you know. Is it? Well, it's their first interaction. On the Guardian series. On the Guardian series. Yes. Yes. So there's a plenty of quips. We see Ant-Man and Peter Quill, you know, getting it's along. Pr- it's pronounced Ant-Man. What did I say? Ant-Man. <laughs> what? You said Ant-Man, but it's pronounced Ant-Man. Right. Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. All right. Just yeah. wanted to make sure we, cr- we pronounced Ant-Man's name. Correctly. Yeah, so convicts after, just... After I screwed up the pronunciation <laughs> of all the other names. <laughs> um, yeah, and we see Rocky and Marv, you know, enjoy. Rocky and Marv? <laughs> Their nicknames, uh, not belovedly, uh, from Rocket and Captain Marvel. Rocky and Marv, okay, I'll take it. Yeah, and yeah, so we see an villain that they have to take down and just who's the villain oh it is um oh he's an artiste in that the, the high old... evolutionary yes there you go oh boy <laughs> this is what happens when harrison's not here <laughs> you've watched these cartoons christine i know but then i get distracted with other things i'm working on Oh yeah. boy! So um, I, I love that you described the high evolutionary as an artiste. I think that's maybe the first time he's ever been described as an artiste. That's what he calls himself. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, okay. He is building a masterpiece. Well, he's yeah. <laughs> high evolution. He's a weird dude, man. That is he. I haven't seen the episode. Is he like full on in his purple mask and everything? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we have this this weekend, and what time you listen to this, we have an interview on Marvel.com for you guys to read. All right. Cool. Anything else we got to talk about? Nope. No, no film news this week. Yeah, there is no film news this week, is there? But Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming very soon, so mm-hmm. we will undoubtedly have more in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and, of course, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still returns April 4th, uh, Tuesday, April 4th on ABC. And that's all we got to talk about now. So thank you all for listening. And uh, say hi to those fellows back in New York for us. And now welcome to This Week in Marvel, our very special guest. Okay, I have got on the line with me friend of the show, friend of all people, friend of all comics fans, uh, Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. We love having you on. I think you, uh, you've been on more than any Marvel, other than the Marvel employees who come on occasionally, like Nick Lowe. You probably are the record holder for most frequent guests. That's exactly the one I was aiming for, really. And we like it that way. Good. I'm, trying to, I'm still trying to become a Marvel employee somehow. I'm trying to backdoor in somehow. I know. But um, don't tell, yeah, don't don't tell Bill Roseman yet. Yeah, no, right? I know. Because there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing on the books yet. Well, Roseman doesn't so. listen to this podcast, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> You're safe. So you got All a right. big day coming up on uh, Friday, March 10th in Las Vegas. You are going to be challenging for the Ring of Honor World Title, going up against Adam Cole. Uh, tell us a little bit about this, how this came to be. Uh, well, uh, okay, well, about a couple months ago. 
Uh, I went through a match called Ladder War, and it was a physical, grueling trial of a match. Uh, I got busted open. I had to get stitches. I had to take some time away from the ring. And um, after that, I was sort of lost in terms of, uh, like, a direction, man. We'd lost the World Tag Team Championships that night to the Young Bucks. And uh, I wasn't sure what was going to go on with me, you know. Frankie and I were sort of struggling as far as a team. And um, at the end of the year, they announced a tournament called the Decade of Excellence, which was... Uh, eight guys who had been in the company for 10 years or longer uh, and the tournament, the winner of the tournament uh, got the opportunity to wrestle for the world championship in Vegas and um, you know I hadn't been a singles wrestler for a long time you know I've been concentrating so much on the tag team with Frankie but I went through the tournament and I ended up beating Jay Briscoe in the finals and so now I've got a chance to wrestle for the world championship again uh, a championship I haven't wrestled for since 2011 Wow! and um, yeah and so I'm looking at this now is probably my last opportunity to become world champion something that I have always wanted and never really attained and, uh, ever since 2002 when Ring of Honor started um, I was in the very first world championship match uh, that was won by Low Key and I had a bunch of matches since then for the world championship but I never won it and this could be my last chance so I'm going into this match with the mentality of uh, putting all of my chips on the table and uh, you know I'm all in so this is uh, this is win or go home really so looking at your legacy looking at the amazing career you've had all the accomplishments all the championships what does it mean to potentially Potentially put the ROH world title among those uh, those accolades? Well, certainly, I think the, the name Ring of Honor has always been synonymous with some of the best talent in the world and some of the guys that have been world champion in Ring of Honor. Um, you know, you, you start with Low-Key and then you go to Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe and CM Punk and, uh, you know, Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards and Roderick Strong and Tyler Black. I mean, all of these guys have gone on to, to great things in their career and, you know, some of it started with becoming Ring of Honor champion and some of it was just uh, accentuated by the fact that that was champ. But for me to be able to add my name to that list of uh, talent and and, uh, and also because Ring of Honor is still, to me, the best wrestling on the planet and, and people in the world look at Ring of Honor, they, the name Ring of Honor, it's just synony it's synonymous with great wrestling. If I can be the world champion at this point in the history of Ring of Honor, I certainly uh, feel it's, a, it's an accomplishment to be proud of and, um, and and you know whether it's the history of Ring of Honor that I'm talking about or the current state of Ring of Honor either way um, being champion is a huge deal for me Talk to me a little bit about the guy you're taking on, Adam Cole. What's your uh, strategy going into this? How do you counter this guy? Well, the truth is uh, I think the biggest thing in Adam Cole's arsenal is his confidence. I mean, he's so confident he carries himself uh, if you watch him Everything he does, he just believes that it's it's his right, it's his destiny. And so, I mean, he's just, it's almost like an aura of invincibility around him. Mm. And so, um, you know, and, I, and honestly, the last couple of times that he and I have tangled, he's gotten the better of me. So he's got that momentum going into this match against me. But, you know, I, I sort of consider myself a master strategist. And so I've been looking at Adam Cole and, and figuring out a game plan. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's always been my strength with everybody that I've wrestled in Ring of Honor has been the experience factor. And so that's 
that's sort of what I'm going into, trying to figure out what it is about Adam that I can sort of undermine and, and sort of uh, take advantage of and manipulate so that it, it turns the match to my advantage. And you're going to try to become the world champion of Ring of Honor. You already are the pro wrestling champion of Marvel Comics, the uh, the greatest fan we have in the world of pro wrestling. I bestow upon you that title. So I ask you this, in preparation for this big match, what have you been reading lately? What have you been enjoying? Um, well, certainly the, my go-to is always been stuff that Brian Michael Bendis has been writing, so I'm certainly enjoying his Jessica Jones. Um, I'm interested to see how he ends his run on Guardians of the Galaxy coming up. Um, and uh, certainly Infamous Iron Man and Invincible Iron Man have been uh, outstanding. Um, anything he does with Alex Maleev is, is awesome, so Infamous Iron Man has really been a treat. Um, I just recently finished uh, Dan Slott and Christos Cage's Clone Conspiracy. So um, I'm a big fan of Dan Slott. Yeah, yeah, man. I just and it opens up so many different possibilities for different characters uh, coming out of that. I, I was just real impressed with that. And um, you, you know, I'm looking for Clone Saga back in the day. A little bit of it. I, I'm not not it back in the, not actually back in the day, but I read it after the fact. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I'm, I mean, like that stuff to me was really cool. And I remember the backlash of the original clone stuff, mm -hmm. and then sort of. Like, it was interesting how this sort of put all that to bed. And yeah. I thought, okay, that's really, really smart, man. And, yeah. and Dan Slott, like, I've enjoyed Dan Slott for a long time. I've really enjoyed his Silver Surfer. Um, I think that's an incredible book. And, and certainly uh, for a character that I wasn't really, I'm not I'm not 100% a fan of Silver Surfer. I mean, you know, uh, not that I'm against it or anything, but I mean, that, like, Anne's run on it certainly endeared Silver Surfer to me. And I, I, I enjoy that immensely and then um, uh, uh, Mark Wade stuff on Avengers I'm reading as well uh, anything Mark Wade does is really good um, always uh, God, everything, there's so much there's so much uh, the Monsters Un Unleashed stuff is really cool um, you know I'm a big fan of the artist that we have or that you guys had I say we like I'm still a, yeah, no, you're, part, you're part of the family <laughs> uh, yeah I, I was really digging the art on the on the the main issues and then the tie-ins have been really interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I know you're a Wolverine guy, so we've got kind of new Wolverine characters filling the shoes. Have you been keeping up with all new Wolverine or uh, Old Man Logan? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Old Man Logan and uh, all new Wolverine. I've got the, the new stuff today. Have they met with your seal of approval? Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm 100% on board, man. I've really enjoyed uh, how they've sort of seamlessly transitioned Laura into becoming uh, her own Wolverine, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I really, I, I really enjoyed uh, Enemy of the State too. Uh, I thought that was a pretty cool uh, throwback to the original. And um, I'm, uh, yeah, and, and that's uh, God. Like I said, there's so much, so there's much, so much so going much. on. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I think Mosaic is really cool. Oh, cool. Um, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm really digging Mosaic so far. Well, Chris, thank you for uh, taking just a few minutes out of your day to talk to us. You know, we're all going to be pulling for you. The whole Marvel Universe is pulling for you on Friday. And uh, how can people tune in and watch the show? Um, well, the, the show's going to be available on pay-per-view. Um, you can find information on how to look it up. Uh, go to Ring of Honor, uh, ROHWrestling.com. Um, you can also watch it on the Fight TV app. That's F-I-T-E. 
TV. Uh, it's an app that you can get on your, your tablet or, or your phone even, and uh, you can watch it there if you want. Um, but yeah, uh, com should have all the information as far as like the pay-per-view carriers. Cool, man. Well, like I said, we're all pulling for you, and uh, hopefully we will have the greatest Marvel fan in professional wrestling will also be the world champion of Ring of Honor come Friday. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed all of that filler content. We're the real deal. That's what I'm saying. Every, everything else is just filler. Yeah. Even though, even though I did two-thirds of that filler, I'm still insulting myself. Uh, but you're really here to hear Alex Lopez. Yeah, I am the star. Star Some, of the show. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The way you can reach us uh, for questions and comments, you can use the hashtag This Week in Marvel, the full name of the podcast on Twitter, or you can also email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Here's what we got this week. We got Chris Vaughn, Immortal Thor 99 saying, Marvel should cast a chihuahua as Lockjaw. What a terrible idea. Hmm. I have a Chihuahua, so well, Marvel TV. Yeah, call me, call Alex. <laughs> you can lease out Lockjaw. Yeah, yeah, for no, free. For free. <laughs> <laughs> I would. That that is a huge mistake. <laughs> um, all right, going over to John Morrissey at the Marvel Room. My cover of the week for February fifteenth is Donkey Kong Miss Marvel number fifteen by Nelson Blake the second and Alex's favorite Rochelle, Rochelle Rosenberg. Rosenberg. So good. That yeah. was very funny. The little Donkey Kong homage they did on the Miss Marvel yeah, that cover. Was great. I'm watching Doctor Strange on Blu-ray this evening, and the Oscars got it wrong. This film has the best visual effects ever. I added the ever part. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I think it's true. It's good visual effects. Yeah, we got yeah. robbed, man. Yeah. And and the Oscars were screwing up left and right this year. So why couldn't they have screwed up with yeah. uh, Doctor Strange? Yeah. Maybe they gave the wrong envelope. We, we don't know. We don't know. We'll never know, I guess. No, we'll never know. That's too <laughs> bad. Um, I cover the week for February 15th. It could be the bromance between Deadpool and Hydra America <laughs> on Deadpool number 27. That was pretty cool. Uh, it was uh, him and him and Steve Rogers getting up to some cuddle time. Yeah, I like that nickname. Yeah, Hydra <laughs> America. Yeah. Got it. Or it could be the dizzying perspective of Spider-Man number 13 by Sarah Pichelli and Jason Keith. That's a little Spider-Man, Spider-Gwen mm. action. Yep. Everyone's loving that. No. <laughs> no. Oh. My cover of the week for February 15th has to be Medusa's Plight on Uncanny X-Men number 18 by Ken Lashley and Nolan Woodard. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I thought I was waiting for you to comment. Well, you got didn't have anything on that one. <laughs> All right. On Twitter episode 276, Ben Morse is wrong. What? About he says, what? As you, he said, as you know, I'm not big on history. Wrong. He's a 616 history expert. Yeah. I, I do know the history of the Marvel Universe very well. I agree with John. Uh, that does not help me in real life. Well, I mean, it does because I work here. What do you need a real life history? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> if I worked anywhere else, it would be a problem. But I luckily, I'm fortunate enough to work at Marvel, where my history knowledge comes in very well. So yeah, thank, thank you for the kind of my go-to strong. guy when I don't know something. Everyone's go-to. <laughs> um, oh my God, eleven contenders for my twin of the week for February fifteenth. What a great week! I got to go with Mighty Thor number sixteen. It's awesome. Yes, I agree, and I'm glad you didn't list out all 11. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it. We uh, we thank you. Then my cover of the week for February 22nd is The Old School Goodness of Avengers number 4.1 by Barry Kitson and Jordan Boyd. Good pick. Yeah, That's I a fun I, little book. I love all of those covers Yeah, just because the old homages. Yeah. Anyway, and then we got 
Johnny Vinyl at Blackheart JV. Mm. Just started reading Old Man Logan. This is pretty good. Someone should consider making a movie like this. That'd be a great idea. I'd see that. Yeah. I would also pay to see that. <laughs> My Twim of the Week for February 8th is definitely Miss Marvel number 15. The trolls getting creepier and more terrifying every issue. You know what I wouldn't pay to see? John Wick 2. Wow. No, I'm just... It's a little inside joke, guys. Yeah. I wow. haven't seen John Wick 2 yet. And everyone, everyone else in the office, office <laughs> has seen John Wick 2. Every week I go to another movie and I just keep not seeing John Wick. We've, we've just basically given up. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, the, the fact is I go, to, I go to the movies with my wife. She doesn't want to see it, so we're seeing other stuff. And it doesn't help that this month there's just tons of So movies. many movies. Yeah. <laughs> so many movies that she wants to see. Ooh. All yeah. right, then we got Joshua Cooper. Whether Julie Andrews and Kate Bishop or Thor and Doctor Strange is filled with awesome team-ups. This Week in Marvel is filled with awesome oh, team-ups. Oh, This Week in Marvel. Yes, of course. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we do. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. <laughs> I did not expect Silk number 18 to go that direction. I'm liking this new breed of joiner spider folk. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Mm-hmm. He says, glad to hear This Week in Marvel is miking the, milking, I think Mike he meant. Yeah. Mike, oh, miking. Okay. No, he definitely means miking. Why are you milking the interns? That's know. disgusting. <laughs> uh, it, just, it is with a C, but he clear, it's not hard to right. figure out what Well, you tricked me. Sorry. It's Mike the interns again. Someone needs to make H&M and Benji more sound smarter. Yes. <laughs> we definitely sound smarter when we have uh, intern uh, Nick on. That's great. Although I said this week to Alex, I was like, do you want to wait till Thursday so intern Nick can be on? And Alex said, no. Uh, Let's do it by ourselves. Yeah, sorry everyone. Which we're doing pretty well so far. Yeah. So I'm not, but not too broken up If you miss it. Nick, I apologize. Yeah, well, he'll be he'll be on, or he was on the Mark Minichia part of the podcast right. with me. So you'll hear uh, it. I haven't recorded it yet, <laughs> but I have, this is like being in that Doctor Strange issue. Oh my God. I know that he will be there with me when I record it in the future, even though it's your past. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that, was, mm. that was confusing. Yes, very. <laughs> then he says, so excited to see Kitty Pride front and center on X-Men Gold. She has been conspicuous in her absence in IVS. Yeah, if you like yes. Kitty Pride, you are going to love you some X-Men Gold. Yes, that was great. And we got Raph AB. The more it goes, the more no, you it feels one. like it is a double. That's why I skipped it. Oh, Nice. <laughs> Good job. The more <laughs> yeah, who put this in twice? <laughs> what a dummy. Uh, anyway. Raph AB <laughs> says, the more it goes, the more it feels like Marvel's having fun unveiling the human de jour. Inhuman. Oh, inhuman de jour. Sorry. Whose turn is it? So it was, that was when we were revealing human all the human cast yeah. last week. Of course, our favorite was uh, Serenda Swan. Yeah, definitely. Because we got to look at her face on the, <laughs> on the homepage for two days. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> on to Rob Nolan. Way behind on this week in Marvel episodes with finished listening to Ben J. Morse's interview of Charles Soule this morning. Really good. Thanks, man. I always love chatting with uh, the Soul Man. He's got good stuff to say. Uh, Robert, Captain Rogers 44, says to Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, and Jordi Belair, knock it out of the park with Hawkeye number four. Kate Sass is what we need right now. Also loving the idea of Jessica Jones teaming up with Kate. The sarcasm oh, will be epic beyond words. That's awesome. Simon Williams, Simon Seb says, Logan is one of the best non-MCU Marvel movies ever. It's up there with Captain America Civil War. Did you see Logan yet? I did see Logan. What was your review? It was fantastic. I think I want to it, see it, if not this weekend, then next weekend. It's very emotional. You got to see it. Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil anything. Please don't spoil yeah, anything. You got you to gotta go. <laughs> All right, more from Simon. Some people brought kids no older than five to Logan tonight. All those beheadings and F-bombs don't seem family friendly. What a terrible like choice. I, what did I go to recently that I... That that a bunch of kids were in and it was totally inappropriate uh, uh, it wasn't Lego Batman Lego Batman was totally fine for course. kids but then I saw uh, I can't remember what it was I saw, oh I saw Fist Fight 
Oh. Which was terrible, by the way. Nobody <laughs> see Fist Fight. Um, but it was, but it was a hard R movie. Oh, and, and there was, there? yeah, there was some woman who brought like her baby in there. It was terrible. The, Logan has to be one of the most un like family friendly films oh, right. ever. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why they decided. Well, to I would imagine that. falling up on Deadpool, another R rated X Men movie, can't be all you know. Yeah, I mean Deadpool's pretty candy. bad, but I this mean, one's worse. Yeah, <laughs> not worse. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> two of the week for three one. Unstoppable Wasp number three. That's you know that's a great yeah, pick. We love Unstoppable Wasp. Great series. Maybe one of the mo- maybe one of the most enjoyable pure reads out there right now reading champions number six man the freelancers are some <laughs> d bags i'll be glad when they get their comeuppance i had a nice chat with uh unstoppable wasp and champions mu writer jeremy whitley about the freelancers over twitter this week talking about how he because uh, we didn't know who created them when we oh. said him last this week in marvel we're like we don't know if he created him or if mark wade created him who did it it was jeremy whitley came up with them and uh mark's Very using cool. them because he liked them so much which is cool I'm going to check out that conversation. Yeah, I check love it out. champions. Check it out. Uh, Joe Canona is the art in America number one is some of the best I've ever seen. Awesome. What, what else would you expect from uh, yeah. the great Joe Canonas? And then says, America number one was a solid first issue. I hope the series goes on for a long time. Tags uh, the whole creative team in that tweet. Finally. Lex Pendragon, the tech lord. My wife's post on Facebook, Legion is my new favorite show. That is all. Oh, man. Legion is fantastic. And I caught up this uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. and the, it just, just keeps getting better. As a married man, there's <laughs> nothing more exciting than when your wife uh, likes, says, a show that you like. likes a show that you like, and you can do it. Um, nice shout out to Danny Koo who was on the podcast for the West Coast folks last week. Says Danny was great on the podcast. Great job on his first podcast. Wow, nice job, Danny. Danny's yeah, a great guy. Job. We're gonna have more games people on the West Coast portion. Uh-oh. I mean, we already had them on. To, oh no, not this again. I'm not going into this again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, final final from uh, the Tech Lord Lex Pendragon. Me to my eight year old. You can be Moon Girl now. Go brush your teeth. Uh, and then she said, indignant, I'm too smart for this. She nailed it. That is freaking adorable. That is I love awesome. it. Perfect way to end the week. All right, Alex, All right. Thanks, for, uh, thanks for filling in, man. Thank you for having me. Probably have you back again sometime. Woo! Can't wait. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Tweet us um, your thoughts for the next week's Twin URC, the original X23 limited series. And keep letting us know what you think of the new format, what you think of everything. We love hearing from you. Uh, until next time, this is Marvel, your universe. Marvel.